beautiful people and welcome to the Childhood Rising podcast. This space and this business have been intentionally designed to bring together an empowered collective of parents, educators, carers, and other folk who are all journeying alongside children. Through this podcast and our support services, we aim to raise the well-being of the whole child, as well as the adults who walk alongside them. We talk about trauma-informed caregiving, play, and the importance of attachment, while also not being afraid to cover the difficult but deeply reflective conversational topics too. If you too believe in the inherent wholeness, competence, and contribution children have to offer this world, then you're in the right place. As parents, we might all have varying opinions on how we see our role in play with our children. Perhaps it isn't even something you've even thought about. You just trust that your kids will play like kids do, right? Or perhaps you see your role as that on the sidelines, being intentional about curating an environment with the right toys to foster creativity, giving them access to nature play and resources that they need, or meeting their needs outside of the place so that they have the confidence and capacity to play independently or with peers, Or maybe, like me, you have seen some of the benefits of being in the play with your child, the connection and joy that that time seems to foster, which usually creates more cooperation outside of the play. Wherever you are at, you are so welcomed as you tune into this podcast episode with me today. As you would have noticed by the title of this episode, I'm going to unpack what some of the research is saying about parents playing with their children. A couple of caveats before I get into that, though. Firstly, a little frustrating one, if I'm honest, the majority of research um, has explored specifically mothers playing with their children and not fathers or any other parental or carer role. And this is probably underpinned by a wider societal view of what a mother's role is in the home more broadly, which I won't get into here today. But I want to caveat that the research I have found and am talking about today has specifically explored the role of the mother. So keep that in mind as I'm sharing um, this research with you. There is lots of research on specific therapeutic interventions and approaches like filial therapy, for example. For those of you who don't know, um, approaches like filial therapy and child-parent relationship therapy are play therapy approaches where parents are supported to learn and use play therapy at home with their child, essentially. So there is lots of research on parent-child play for other therapeutic interventions too, like parent-child intervention therapy, which is PCIT for short. But for the context of this episode and this conversation today, I have instead focused on research that has looked at parent-child play outside of the context of a specific intervention or framework afforded by one of these specific approaches. So instead, I'm focusing on research Um, where they have observed or attempted to better understand parent-child play in more organic scenarios. So that might have been at home or in an unfamiliar environment set up by researchers, but the parents weren't trained in any intervention or any sort of approach beforehand. The third caveat that I want to make is that, like most research, there is a correlation and not necessarily a causation The outcomes on a child's behavior could be influenced by the way in which parents play with their children, but equally, the way in which parents play with their children is very much influenced by the behaviors and the existing relationship they have with that child, right? So just hold that in mind as I'm sharing this podcast with you. There is a dual relationship here. It's not as simple as one causing the other. 
We do, of course, have research that speaks to the benefits of play for a child's social and emotional well-being more broadly, but I won't be getting into that in the context of today's episode. All right, so let's get into it. There are two key domains that I have pulled from the research, and that is the implications or benefits of parent-child play on the behavioral challenges for or for emotional regula- regulation. So while I'll talk about the benefits like in those sort of domains and those areas, I actually want to focus on the overarching theme that basically says that it is less important how often we play with our child, what we are playing with them, what toys we are using, all of those things. And what is actually important or makes the difference is how we are playing with them. The how being the specifics of what we are doing in that play, what we are saying, how we are engaging with them, but also maybe the beliefs that we might be holding about play or about our child and how this informs inevitably how we show up and play with them. The research overwhelmingly says that this is what makes the difference to the behavioral benefits for the child outside of those parent-child play scenarios. I sort of like to look at this how, so our behaviors and role in the play as a bit of a spectrum. The first spectrum being that of control at one end and submissiveness at the other. So how much we exert or how we, how much we feel the need to have some control or say over our child's play at one end of that spectrum. And at the other end, there is this urge or need to be completely passive or submissive in that process. And I'll give you some examples in a moment, but that could look like, you know, appearing not engaged, not responding very minimally to your child in the play. Um, as a, And on the other end, it could be like having some control and leading and directing what's happening. And in the middle of the, that spectrum, it could look like, um, you know, being responsive and allowing the child to lead and giving them autonomy, things like that. So Schneider 2022 found that parents who showed increased harsh control during play interactions, as well as a lack of parent responsiveness, warmth and sensitivity were found to be associated with increased behavioral problems in their child. So they conducted a meta-analysis and across all of the studies and research that they reviewed, they found an association between negative parent control, so that was things like um, harsh control or excessive control over the play and the child, and that was associated with a child who was showing internalizing as well as or externalizing um, behavior problems. So internalizing behavior problems, you know, might look like a child who is experiencing anxiety, they might be um, withdrawn, whereas externalizing behavior behaviors would look more like a child who is impulsive or aggressive or disruptive, I guess, that type of thing. I really hate that language because it all sounds quite negative, but just to give like a quick summary as to what that typically could look like, um, yeah, that's sort of what they're referring to. So at the same time, at the other end of that spectrum of that control and submissiveness, Webster Stratton and Iberg, 1982, found that in a small sample of 35 mother-child dyads, that submissiveness, so maternal submissiveness during play, um, so that was that was characterized by like infrequent or ineffective use of parent control, um, not really engaged in the play, sort of present but not engaged. That sort of behavior was associated with behavior problems in the child as well. So therefore, it seems that not only excessive control in play, but also the opposite submissiveness is also associated with um, 
what they're referring to as negative behavioral adjustment, which could be those internalizing behaviors, but it could also be those externalizing behaviors as well. Schneider 2022 says several studies revealed that increased restrictive and inappropriate control during play interactions was associated with those with increased externalizing behavior problems and also a lack of responsiveness or warmth in the play was also associated with increased behavioral problems as well. So let's explore an example of what this could look like to sort of make the understanding a bit more clear, I guess. That always helps me anyway. So as an example of what this might look like in play, let's take a really common example that can be super challenging for parents, which is playing with a child when they are showing some sort of aggressive theme or behavior in their play. So let's say we have a parent and her name is Sarah. This is completely hypothetical, by the way, I'm making this up. And Sarah has a child who is named Billy. Billy is playing with a couple of teddy bears and he instructs Sarah to be one of those teddy bears while he is another teddy bear. And in this play sequence, Billy starts to say really mean things to the other teddy bear using his bear. And then his bear even starts to hit and kick the other teddy bear. And it is really easy for us as parents to fall into this need or urge to use this moment to model empathy or attempt to teach our child something here about learning right from wrong. I'm wondering if this is resonating for you. You know, a parent on that control end of that spectrum might be inclined to put a stop to this play altogether or perhaps make a comment like, this isn't okay. Um, That's being really mean. It's not okay to hit and kick another person. That teddy bear should be nice to the other one. You know, things like that. Perhaps even threatening to stop the play altogether if the child doesn't stop playing in this way. Um, On the submissive end of the spectrum, we might be feeling so unsure unsure on what we need to do in that play as the parent that perhaps we end up essentially doing nothing and we aren't really playing out our teddy bear role um, but we're essentially just watching what our child is doing maybe even with an expression on our face that shows we are feeling really uncomfortable so converse to both of these possible scenarios you know the extremes on that spectrum denim et al 1991 found that Um, autonomy granting behaviors so this would be like the opposite of control but it's also not submissive either was positively associated with behavioral adjustment so a child who has more capacity to regulate their feelings and behaviors more generally so that autonomy granting that he is talking about there might look like allowing our child to lead the play perhaps um, in that example of the teddy bear it might look like You know, we exaggerate the weakness of our teddy bear and exaggerate the strength of their teddy bear. And we feel really comfortable in this play with our child. And because we feel comfortable and confident, we convey that to them through accepting their play, through having, you know, warmth in our facial expression or our body language, things like that. Now, of course, this is totally like an oversimplification, um, you know, in the example for the purpose of giving a more concrete example, of course, but you can see how easy it can be for any of us as parents to fall into one of those roles, right? And perhaps you resonate with having been all of them at different times in play with your child. I'm going to circle back to this topic in a moment in the podcast episode, but first I wanted to share the second spectrum of our behaviors in play um, that I've pulled from the research here and the implications that it had for the children documented. So Schneider 2022, again, um, 
looked at studies that explored affect, appearance affect in the play. Um, and a parent who showed positive affect um, in the child parent-child play, that um, was typically associated with a child who had fewer behavior problems, while negative affect was associated with more behavior problems. So in general, this review revealed that the quality and quantity of playful parent-child interactions were reduced in children with behavior problems of both domains, so whether that was internalizing or externalizing, compared to the children without behavioral problems. So more to that, in their meta-analysis, in their big review, they included studies that indicated that several parental variables during that parent-child play, like warmth, sensitivity, positive affect, responsiveness, were associated with reduced um, quantity or quality of externalizing and internalizing behavior problems at the time that they were gathering this data, but also later on in childhood and into adolescence. So in contrast to that, inadequate or harsh control, as well as negative affect, um, correlated with more intense behavior problems for those children in those scenarios. What I really take from this is, um, you know, so much about how we play with our child is less about the tangible things that are in our sort of conscious awareness, I guess. And it really brings attention to those subtle ways that we communicate too, right? Like it's not just how we are playing and what we are saying. Um, It's also our body language and our facial expressions and what that conveys to our child, right? And I guess in terms of the stuff around having that positive affect, if if we are conveying an affect in the play, so if our child is looking um, really excited in the play and happy and our facial expression is saying anger, disapproval, frustration, there is a congruence there between how our child is feeling and how we are feeling. And we need that to match in play, right? If you know a bit about mirror neurons, you sort of will understand what is happening there. But basically by mirroring what um, affect our child is displaying in the play and doing that ourselves, and we're kind of like in tune there, it's showing our child that we accept how they are feeling right now. And it it helps them with making sense of their own feelings and their own expression or whatever there is that they're trying to explore in that play. I guess I also want to say too, is that we can only really grant autonomy and show warmth and acceptance and positive affect and all of the things the research is saying is important when we have the knowledge and the skills to do so, right? The stuff isn't necessarily automatic for most of us. And there is so much that underpins how we show up in play with our child So Desmaris 2006 recognizes that sources of parental difficulties, including intolerance of developmentally inappropriate expectations and a disapproval of particular types of play, result in the tendency to be intrusive, controlling, overstimulating, frustrating, or even belittling in play with your child. That's why I think there is just such a big gap between getting this knowledge out about play in particular, how it benefits our child's social and emotional well-being to parents, you know, as play therapists or, you know, people working therapeutically with children or, you know, perhaps even in the education spaces and other professional roles, we might have some of this knowledge, but how can we share more of this knowledge with parents too? Because that has a direct implication to how they are playing with their, their children potentially. 
And, you know, further than that, from our own experiences of play as a child, which can have implications for how we play with our kids, did our parents play with us? You know, was our play ever criticized or corrected or controlled in some way? Some way? Where did we sit on that spectrum? Where do we sit on that spectrum of control and submissive, submissiveness that I talked about earlier and play with our child now? Likely has links to how we experienced this when we were a child ourselves, right? Do we have parents that were quite submissive in play with us? Perhaps they were quite controlling in play with us. Like maybe that's a useful reflection for you to have in this space today. But the point is that we would never, we're never explicitly taught as parents how to use play therapeutically with our children, right? We have to seek out that self-reflection, that learning and that growth ourselves, hopefully with a support system around us. But for lots of parents, that support system is minimal as well. I am running a attachment play group program next month in November to support parents with all of this, to give you the knowledge and the richer understanding of your child and their play and their development, but also those practical skills, including some of the soft skills that I use in play therapy sessions with children to empower you to use play with more intention with your children at home. So if you are not familiar with attachment play, I will link to another podcast episode about that in the show notes of this episode. But essentially, attachment play provides us with nine different styles of play that can be used to elicit cooperation more easily in the moment with our children, but also to address and heal underlying stress and trauma that typically underpins any recurring challenging behaviors you might be seeing. So this could be things like separation anxiety, aggressive behaviors, even sibling rivalry, you know, a child who is really quick to have those big feeling releases aka tantrums this program is also currently the most affordable way to work with me intensively on attachment play and i will link um the webpage to learn more about the program in the show notes of this episode you can also just find it on my website but if you're listening to this episode and thinking yeah cool hannah this is this is all well and great i get that i need to show positive affect and be warm and accepting but like, how do I actually do that? Like, what do I say in the moment? And what are the skills that I actually need to have to to do that? And you're feeling a bit lost there, then I think that this program could be really helpful for you. Um, you know, as well as giving you the knowledge about understanding the purpose of play for your child, I do give you a lot of practical skills. The thing I really like about Tash and Play is that there are non-directive and directive approaches to playing with your child in a way that's therapeutic. So if you do have, um, you know, a higher need to be like more directive in play with your child, there are directive approaches in attachment play as well as non-directive. And so we kind of cover all of that. And it's really helpful for parents to find a play type of play, type of attachment play that works for them, but also works for their child and really supports their child very deeply too. So yes, if this is something that you are interested in, then I suggest you head over to my website and explore this program. Spaces for enrollments are limited and we're starting on Monday, the 6th of of November um, at 10 a.m. Perth time, which is 1 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Daylight Time, I think. Um, yes, if you have any questions about the program at all, then please feel free to send me an email or a message on social media if you prefer. I am happy to answer any questions and provide support to see if it's the right program for you. 
But otherwise, I look forward to talking to you again in the next podcast episode soon. Bye for now.